We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket can. Happy Halloween, everybody. Our show, we showed out today. If you're watching us on CBS Sports Network, you can see all of us came with the big costumes today. I'm a member of Bill's Mafia. Perloff is Joe Burrow walking into the arena looking great. You got Samter as Damon Targaryen, complete with, well, sword and also dragon that spits fire. And, of course, Stu is here as the Squid Game soldier. I've reached the point where it's starting to get a little itchy. Ooh, starting wait. to get a little itchy. Oh, the hat or the wig, yeah. The wig, the hat, the uh, how are you makeup. Gonna, if you can't do three hours of this show, how are you going to do <laughs> three and a half hours of an NFL game in the stands with the Bill Mafia? I don't know if I was destined to be a face painter. I was just trying it on yeah. for size today. And by the way, why Damon Targaryen? Is that what I? The, Sam Tar is not pulling off a specific Targaryen. He's sort of the redheaded step. I told you, I'm Sam Targaryen. I know. Yeah. It didn't work the first time. It didn't work the second <laughs> I'm time. I'm going to keep trying it. Stu's laughing through the squid. Yeah, I'm trying to make fetch work. I'm yeah, going to make it work. <laughs> I don't know. I man. like hearing just he, just hearing Stu talk. He kind of sounds scary. He does sound. Stu, scary. how was your weekend? Oh, it was great until the Raiders ruined it. <laughs> I know. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, you got a squid game. And you also, we don't really know that much about what Stu does, Stu does outside on the here. <laughs> yeah. Is he somehow like on tempered glass, like a high above the sky? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can't see Stu competing in squid games. I could see him no. being a guard. I don't know. A guard or the mastermind. Ooh, Ooh. man in black. Mm, maybe next year for Halloween. So, Stu, is, Stu did make, though, like the one faux pas of Halloween that I've stopped doing since I was like nine. What? Just don't wear a mask. Wearing a, a full-on uh, mask, it just makes it so hard to have it on all day long. The mask was a bit of a mistake. Remember <laughs> those old plastic masks, like, like the superhero with a little slit yeah. in it? I mean, it's no fun. Oh, man. The, the mask was a That's bad a choice, really huh? intense mask, too. Yeah. It, it's it's a lot. It, it's it's not hard to breathe. It's just more It's more to vision. It's like the seeing. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't even read the computer in front of me. That's how... Like, Listen, what you're sacrificing for this show today is not going unnoticed. <laughs> the reason it. why masks... Uh, I think end up getting phased out for most adults is because if you're at a Halloween party, if you want to be drinking, that mask is just a total <laughs> obstacle yeah. into you having a big night, you know? That's a good point. You got to take the mask up each oh. time, then take a sip, put the mask back down. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. I have to, I have to be honest. Through that mask? Back in my single days, Halloween was my favorite holiday. It's a great single holiday. It is a great oh, a single one. holiday. I was... Walking around Saturday night, I saw people going out. I mean, everyone's in a great... It's probably the number one... It's better than New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, there's yeah. all this pressure. Yeah. Halloween, everyone's dressed like an idiot and nobody cares. Well, for women, it's always like just the the cliche is you take any normal thing but make it sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like sexy Bill's Mafia, yeah. just like with like half the clothes on I'd be wearing today or whatever. <laughs> That's what I do with my costume, sexy Targaryen. Sexy Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you unsexy the Targaryens. Yeah, the maybe. sexiest family in all of Westeros <laughs> is completely unsexy. It, you, you're the only Targaryen with bedhead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it was Stu, a long sword fight. He's Stu, fine. I know you're not single, but if you were, you would not do well in that costume. You don't want to terrify <laughs> potential dates. Yeah, they're going to want to see your face. Know what's going on. You yeah, know? yeah, What yeah, am I getting yeah. into? Yes. Um, no, I mean, honestly, you are they might call 911 if you, <laughs> they see you in a, a dark alley. Yeah, yeah when so, you start saying red light, green light. Someone in the newsroom was like, oh, you should uh, get on the subway with, with that. I'm like, God, oh, there's no chance. That that will not end well for me if I get on the subway with this. Uh, Everyone will vacate the car you're yes. in. So that could be a positive. Um, okay. We want to talk about the NFL and a little like now what for some of these teams, Perloff, because the trade deadline is tomorrow. You already uh, may have heard Roquan Smith was traded from the Bears to the Baltimore Ravens today. So that got a little, that team just got a little scarier. Yeah. Um, okay. I, 
Yeah, Kareem, and also Kareem Hunt, Adam Schefter is reporting the Browns are perfectly willing to give him his trade request. Uh, that's interesting. I, that's what, They're playing the, tonight. Yeah, there's, isn't it funny that there's so many teams, once Christian McCaffrey went to San Francisco, it seems like other teams are like, ooh, I want that running back. So that's when we obviously pay more attention when it's a skill position guy. Yeah. I'm curious if any of these teams will go for him. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of curious, actually, as I'm dressed with the Bills Mafia today. A member, I'm kind of curious if the Bills might make a move. Personally, I would not. Yeah. I think James Cook looks great. Yeah. Devin Singletary is fine. Um, I don't think I would make that move, but obviously they had been linked to Saquon Barkley. They had been linked to some other. Uh, they, yeah. They tried for McCaffrey, but didn't want to pay the price. The Saquon stuff seemed like it was three or four weeks ago when the Giants. And now, now the, the Giants, Giants have some more that. wins. I don't think the yeah. Giants could do that. It would just be such a mixed signal to your fan base. You already traded Kadarius Tony, but it, he wasn't even being utilized. Former first round pick goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. But okay, where do they go from here? Yeah. Now what? How about the Green Bay Packers? So last night, obviously they lose in Buffalo. That's not a big shock. However, there were a lot of people who were taking some positives out of that game because they only lost by 10, I guess, if you want to take a positive out of that. And the nice drive they put in at the end of the game to score a touchdown to cut it to 10. And to be honest, like I think the Packers have to be buyers here, Perloff, even if it kind of goes against their nature of what they how they normally behave Mm -hmm. at trade deadlines. When you made the commitment to Aaron Rodgers, you made the mm-hmm. commitment to all in to now. So for them to not add at the deadline feels like such a miss. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you only have a little bit of time left with Aaron Rodgers. So Chase Claypool, the Steelers, reportedly you could get him for a second rounder. That's a lot for Chase Claypool. But Packers have all first rounders and second rounders on their defense. They can't draft any more young guys. They you know, Maybe they made bad picks. I don't care. I don't think you're going to find the lineman you need there. So give up a second round and bring Chase Claypool in, a big target who kind of has sure hands. Because right now they have, they're they stuck with a bunch of little guys. Yep. Uh, not even a bunch, four. They had four wide receivers by the end of the game last night. Well, and not having Alan Lazard last night. When he's yeah, not killer. there, it's like he's the he's the go-to guy. Well, Dobbs did step into that a little bit. And then with that Torre guy came out of nowhere, the nice little end zone dance. I yep. appreciated that. I, I would go for it, too. I, I would get a wide receiver uh, something because yes, long term it's a terrible plan. Short term is all you got right now. Yeah, and I know the Packers generally don't like to operate that way with just the yeah. short term in mind. But I mean, you got to s- try to save this season. And I don't even know if there are one Chase Claypool away, but there are maybe a Chase Claypool and getting Alan Lazard, and if Watson comes out of the concussion protocol, and 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 if Bakhtiari can continue to stay healthy, he played last yeah. night. So all those things have to add up. All right, let's move on to the Rams. Now, Peter King was saying in his Football Morning in America, you know that the picks have to be burning a hole in Les Snead's pocket <laughs> yes. right now. Whatever picks they have left. Um, could Kareem Hunt be a possibility yes. for the Rams? Yes. And also receiver. Well, and obviously O-line is the number one concern there. That's that's the biggest that's gonna problem. That's going to be hard to do with the That's going to be really hard to do. Uh, something. I just think they need a spark. It's so it's silly, but it worked last year. They're another team. The window is never going to be big. Just Aaron Donald, how many more years is he really going to want to play? Mm-hmm. Once that goes away, I'm not sure they're a Super Bowl team. I would go for it. Um, we'll see. And also, there's, that team could add on defense, get an edge rusher. I, I, I would go all in if I'm in. They, they've done it before, and I kind of expect them to do something. It's 4 o'clock tomorrow, Easter, right? Yep. I don't think anyone would be surprised if they did something. And Lesney, like you said, he's got to do something. That's his thing. Well, but it kind of depends because you already got your Super Bowl out of this, and it's not like you haven't added in the offseason. You did go out and get Allen Robinson. It just turns out that's really been 
a whole lot of nothing. It's, you know, should they have added more on the offensive line? Yeah, I can give you 10 teams that should have done more on the offensive line. So I don't know if, I don't know if they are satisfied with this one Super Bowl and then saying, listen, we've been so all in. We're going to see if we can, you know, get home with the with the guys we have now. And maybe yeah, Odell. Which I can't. I don't know if they can either. And it's just like death taxes and the 49ers beat them in the regular season. Yeah, that was Christian game was McCaffrey was a huge day yesterday. You just wonder how long is it going to last? Uh, I don't, was it really that huge? How many yards yeah. did he run for? 94 yards. Yeah, but didn't he have 100 receiving? Yeah, he's a great receiver. He's a great receiver yeah, running back. It's a great it's a great weapon. And he threw a touchdown yesterday. Okay, everyone keeps saying that. Look, Christian McCaffrey's working for San Francisco because he threw a touchdown. No, it's I'm just talking about a sustainable for Yeah, it is interesting, but no, people were painting as like, look, they got a triple threat in Christian McCaffrey. I, I think that that was a, a really did. good game. <laughs> I just don't think that I, I thought there's a little too much excitement about Christian McCaffrey. Maybe I'm going against the grain here. Hmm. I still am not a believer that a running back can change everything. He's very, very good, but I will see. That's a San Francisco team that's really interesting to me. I mean, you doing yesterday it. without Debo Samuel, the fact they were able to make the offense yeah. look as interesting as it did. I mean, this is... This is against the Rams, a team that they usually own. And obviously, the key is, if they're going to win, they have to have all the front seven on defense healthy. And when they are, they're just ridiculous. So. They can still be very good, but I think Christian McCaffrey's going to run for 70 yards and catch 70 yards a game, and people are going to make it out like he's Marshall Falk. I just am not sure. Wow. I, I thought that was encouraging yesterday. I'm like, no, man, great, this, no, is, this is awesome. Christian McCaffrey, I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy to finish out the season. You almost just want to put him on ice for a while and like unleash him during the playoffs. When you watch him play, does he strike you as running back or slot receiver? Both. He's definitely a, partly a slot receiver. Yeah, but that's who. So, I mean, you're not like bait. You know, you're not shoehorned into one position. I'm just saying, no, it's very good. But there's also other good slot receivers. I think he's more valuable as a running back. You know, mm. I don't know. He's you. He's basically is he better receiver than Isaiah McKenzie? No, he's basically your average NFL slot receiver. He's really good at that for a running back. I just don't know. I think that everyone is so high on Christian McCaffrey at all times. I, I saw a little TBD on that offense. I, I'm not going to read too much into Sean Mc, uh, sorry Kyle Shanahan being Sean McVay in the regular season. Well, I mean, I don't love to read too much into that either, but I thought yesterday was impressive. And I think if you were going to be excited about McCaffrey, yesterday is the reason why. Because you watch so many different things that he was able to do, and he's doing it with a team that's, cap- that's competent and capable. Uh, okay, let's move on. Now what? For the Denver Broncos, who come off a win, I can't call it impressive, but anyone's impressive, I guess, in New England, in uh, New England, in England, <laughs> just straight up England, old school uh-huh. England, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now all eyes are on Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb, and do you think that one win did anything mm. to try to change their minds from buyers to sellers? No. Sellers I- to buyers. I think they're very, very interested in this Bradley Chubb move. If they could get a first rounder for a guy who they're probably going to lose anyway, I don't see how they are. That's very a first uh, rounder for a rental, a guy who's on the last year of his rookie deal. I don't well, know why I a think, team would do that. I think that somebody would want to resign him because he's how old is he? Twenty five. Yeah, yeah, but he's also had an injury history, so I don't know if I can just say, "Oh, I'm so comfortable just throwing a bunch of money at this guy." Okay. You think he's going to get a first rounder? No, I. I, I will show bet you that. Uh, no, I don't think he'll get a first rounder, but I think he's definitely what's the most valuable piece out there that everyone's been talking about. I think he, what, uh, so you look at McCaffrey got a second rounder, third and fourth, mm-hmm. 
And then Quinn was a late round pick. I, I think Bradley Chubb has a legit, and Brian Burns both have legit asking prices because you you can get him and resign him, and then you get defensive end is very valuable. It's probably the second most valuable position in football. Right? No, I get it. I just I don't think you're going to see someone who's going to give you the first round. If he still had a year left on his deal, and you were getting him for like the rest of this year, and you knew next year, yeah, same yeah. with like well, McCaffrey assume, still has a couple of years on his deal. Would you assume if you trade for him, you're going to uh, absolutely just like AJ Brown and you, all those guys? Yeah, and it, just the youth. I think it's interesting, and he's a good player. He's Where not, do you think he's going to end up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if they deal him. I also, I think the Broncos are not dead. They're three and five. They the defense is really good. Maybe maybe you sneak in the playoffs at nine and eight in that in that conference. It's pretty thin on the second uh, tier. I don't see it. Uh, because let, listen, think about the different divisions. You have Buffalo and Miami and New England. Yep. I, you, are any of them going to go to twelve wins? Yes. You have Buffalo. I just think there could be like a nine and eight team that sneaks in. So why not the Broncos? They're three and five now. Okay. So this is why I'm a little dubious on that. Yeah. So you're probably going to have either the Ravens or the Bengals are going to win the North, right? Yeah. Then you're going to have the Bills, and then you're right, yeah, the, the Dolphins, Dolphins the maybe Dolphins. the Patriots. So that's right. you're already up to five. We only have two more spots. But the Patriots are not going to be much and I'm above five hundred. You have the AFC South as their division winner, which is probably going to be the Titans, and then you get one more spot. Right, right. So they're basically they'll be competing with a New England. Sorry, I forgot the an AFC West, of course, that's going to have the Chiefs. Yeah, and the as a division winner. Right, right. So you have three wild cards, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we already got them all. If you have an AFC North gets a but wild I don't think card, the, Patriots, the AFC East The Patriots East gets are not going to be much better. Okay, but the AFC North, the AFC East gets a wild card. At least one. Yeah. And? Maybe. Miami? I think so. You think two is going to hold up? I don't know if he's going to hold up, but every but it, every time he plays, they win. <laughs> so, pretty much. I, I just think that they're like the Packers and the Bucks. There's just a lot of pressure to make this somehow look respectable. That's the issue. Yeah, the, Bron- the Broncos, I think they want help. They lost Javante Williams. They lost Garrett Bowles. They lost Tim Patrick. They lost Randy Gregory. They, they're uh, they're so depleted on both sides. I think they want to be competitive. I think they have a new owner. Who's, what's All the right, point well, of then time? they shouldn't trade away Chubb. Have, yeah, well. Or Judy. Yeah, but then again, yeah, I give up. I don't love Judy as a player either. It's it's a really confusing one. It's all these teams we're talking about are right in between buyers and sellers. The so Rams, they should probably be sellers. There's no reason that this team, when you look at that roster, but you know that they don't think like that. No, and they have to be a little bit more all in. Uh, okay, so why the Broncos, would they be why, Broncos? You don't think have to because be they've all already in? like pushed their chips so much in the middle of the table. Yeah. I don't think you can go back now unless you say, all right, one Super Bowl is enough. Would you like somebody? And to they help? just resigned Aaron Donald this offseason. Wouldn't you like somebody, a running back, like Kareem Hunt, somebody to help Russell a little bit? Maybe they can make that happen. Uh, okay. Then you finally have Arizona Cardinals. Oof. What a bummer of a game that was for them. I mean, credit to the Vikings. They now go to 6-1. and one, And that was, I mean, you think that you're going to have an opportunity, and then the muff punt at the end just, oh, just totally kills it. The Cardinals are just so that kind of team. They're just a close loss kind of team, you know? It must be infuriating Except to when fan. they play the Raiders, of course. Sorry, Stu. Sorry, Stu. Uh. <laughs> that was a close win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was almost it was almost a bad loss, but they came back from 20 points. I, and Murray with another with a with a pick in the fourth quarter, just brutal. It must like I said, it must be infuriating to be a fan of the Cardinals. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, this is a team. You, I haven't heard a lot about them at the trade deadline. I'm not sure if you have, but obviously, I think this becomes a 
kind of thing you're going to look at Cliff Kingsbury as this our guy for the future. The rest of the year feels like a bit of a tryout. I would I would hope so. But the problem is, is that I don't know if, like, who's the coach? Is there going to be a coach that's going to be a better fit for Kyler Murray? I mean, I would want to find out. Because mm. right now, I haven't been super impressed with Cliff Kingsbury. And as far as them being buyers or sellers, I I mean, they already they made a trade in the offseason. They got Hollywood Brown. I, I don't know. Yeah. You said you're not impressed with Kingsbury. Are you impressed with Kyler Murray? Also, also no. <laughs> feels, like a, feels like a tough assignment to get that team going. I'm kind of not impressed with really anything they do. No, I, that's why if they fire Cliff Kingsbury and I'm Sean Payne or someone, I'm not sure I want to go there. I know he wants a warm weather spot, but I think there's a lot of work to be done, and I'm not totally sold on Kyler Murray despite the contract. No, I, I agree 100% with you there. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, we will have the biggest blunder of the weekend. That comes your way in just a moment. Don't move more Maggie and Pearl off right after this on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Safe Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Uh, can I just update yeah. you on something really yeah. fast? Hit it me. just came over on Twitter that Sean McVay says that there's soft tissue swelling in Cooper Cup's ankle, but he avoided any structural Ooh. damage. They are so lucky that he avoided structural damage because he bad. should have never been back in that game to begin with. They were getting the doors blown off of them after he gets looked at. Why would you ever put him back in the game? That's so I, silly. I saw your quarterback in the game late. Josh Allen does a lot of things that she probably shouldn't be doing. Definitely not. But, Every time he slides, I'm like, yes. So he's got slide. You don't have to put it lower a shoulder into everybody. You said soft tissue damage. Soft tissue damage, according to Sarah Bush. Oh, I can't wait to talk to Dr. Rock Positano, the number one ankle and foot doctor in America who does all the NFL players and happens to do Andrew Perloff. He's going to give me the exact rundown. He's going to pull out a skeleton of a foot and point to exactly where the issue is. Why, I would this, get so much intel. No wonder. Your your appointments with this guy last like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Seriously. And there's always like some professional athlete somewhere he's like, ah, oh, you just missed so-and-so. You yeah. just, I don't know. probably wanna... shouldn't say because it's probably a HIPAA violation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I think guys go in just to talk to him. So he's an ankle <laughs> a foot dirt. doctor. He's amazing, though. He wrote a book about his life with Joe DiMaggio because he was Joe DiMaggio's best friend uh, in the 80s and 90s. And now he's got a new book out where basically it's a conversation about life with Bob Costas. It's the most incredible. Tiki Barber, of course, introduced <laughs> me to him. Yeah. But he's really incredible. And he he's really good. You don't realize until you start thinking about ankle and foot injuries. There's about 14 of them every week in the NFL. <laughs> Daniel Jones alone has three every week. So it's an incredible field to, to you know, I'm glad I have a guy. I have a guy now, Maggie. You, you've got a guy. I, I'll tell you what's going to happen with Cooper Cup. I got the real scoop. Don't worry about it. Great. I love how you just attribute it to him, too. It's not even like, oh, I was talking to this guy. No, you're like, it's Dr. Rock. Well, oh, I yeah. forgot his name already. I'm Dr. sorry. Dr. Rock? Oh, Maggie, wait till you meet him. You're going to love him so much. Thankfully, knock on wood, I don't have an ankle injury. Yeah, You don't need an ankle injury. Just go in and chit-chat? Oh, it's the best. <laughs> so tell me about so-and-so's injury. Let's go to Doug. He's in Washington State. Doug, what's happening, dude? 
Hey, how you guys doing today? We're doing excellent. What do you have for us? Well, you know, earlier Andrew said uh, about running backs. And uh, back in the early 90s, when when Dallas lost their first two games, they had Emmett Smith and he held out. Yep. After, they, after Jerry Jones lost that second game, he called him by his poolside and said, I'll give you your money. Come on down yeah. to Egypt. And they went on to the Super Bowl that year. Yep. Who'd they beat in that Super Bowl? Do we have to every time? <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Continue with your point. Yeah, I'm glad I made a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About the about how running backs matter and about how they're important, yes? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? If you don't have a good running back, you, you don't have the, the, the best element of the team that you need when you need to make that one or two yards for that fourth down. What if you have... What if you have one good running back, but your owner thinks he's the second string running back and you have one <laughs> medium running back? I'm just a hypothetical who is probably past his prime and the owner thinks that the past his prime guy should still be the starter. Then where are you? The owner does what he wants to do, Andrew. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. The owner, the owner, he's the boss, right? <laughs> we know that, Doug. And Doug, thank you so much for the call. Excellent points. And it leads us into our Cowboy Quickie for today. All right, well, here is the boss. Jerry Jones was talking about the two running backs, and even though Tony Pollard was the featured yesterday, how they're still riding with Zeke. We go where Zeke goes, and I really mean that. Uh, Zeke's that important to this team, and every bit as important as uh, he was uh, uh, before the game. And it gives me uh, personally, uh, and I want all our fans to, feel good about our future because we'll have a healthier Zeke for not using him this ball game. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds so silly. Uh, obviously, I'm I mean, e- spot the lie. I, yeah. I- <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan, and, man, I want to see more Zeke and less Pollard. I'll tell you that right now. So, if I'm the Eagles. Okay. But you, it's running back. It's not like quarterback. Both can play a lot of football. I'm, it's not a huge issue because of the position. Okay, so... I am tempted, like everyone else, to just sort of ha-ha-ha laugh at Jerry because obviously it looks like Tony Pollard is the better running back. However, this appears to be working for them. You know, Zeke is, for all of Tony Pollard's awesome qualities, Zeke is way better in pass protection. And with the issues that they've had on the offensive line that, to their credit, they seem to be overcoming in a really nice way, Zeke is better when it comes to pass protection. And maybe they feel like, well, as much as we love Pollard, that element to Zeke's game is a positive. So, listen, they've also had Tony Pollard. How long has he been there? Four years? Well, you know what? It's like they've had him in the building. I know they paid Zeke a ton of money, so that's obviously going to – that impacts where you are in the depth chart. But I think they like the way this is. I think think maybe they they realize this is the right amount to use Pollard. Well, I mean, on Sunday, it was the Pollard show. I know. It was amazing. Yeah, I think that that might be a good point about pass protection, but getting into third and nine, Zeke Elliott gets stuffed is not going to help your quarterback at all. Pollard's averaging over six yards a carry, whereas Zeke's at 4.1. You really should be a little more in that offense. I I think, obviously, Pollard's a more explosive running back. I I tell you, as an opponent of the Cowboys, you yeah. don't want to see Pollard. Nope. He's pretty scary to be out there because he has more of that home run ability that Zeke had early in his career. I not also, anymore at all. I think that, well, you're right, but I also think that is this probably the last year that Zeke Elliott's a Cowboy? Oh, I don't know what's his contract status. I think this is probably the last year that he's going to be a Cowboy. I, I thought that 
Jerry was really committed to Zeke. No, I think it's just about the they can get out, I feel like, of the last year of the contract next year, I believe, with minimal financial penalty. Um, I believe I'm right about that. So why not use Zeke as much as you possibly can? Because he's slow. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's not always. But, you know, sometimes, listen, I'm not going to tell you that he right now is a better running back than Tony Pollard is, but I'm saying he could be doing things for the offense that we might not just be seeing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's running back. It's called run the ball, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can do. They block people. They do everything. That's your Cowboys quickie for today. <laughs> I just think that a real a real threat with Tony Pollard obviously can open up the pass game more. And they you're they right. They said. That. I mean, yeah. they're like we're going to start using him as our slot receiver. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I also think that we really haven't seen what the Cowboys can do against great teams yet. That's coming up later in the season. Not that I don't know who's great teams in the NFC East because we haven't seen any of them beat other great teams. It's been bad schedule, but uh, yeah, you said that it's it's been working for the Cowboys, but it's been working against who? Well, I mean, yeah, up until this point, yeah. Like, what's the win? Is it the Cincinnati win? What's the, what's the win where the Cowboys is like, wow, they've really figured this out? Um, if, I mean, I think Cincinnati, even though that was early on in the season. Yeah, I feel like their defense is great. But I mean, the still... Giants are actually a good team, so I think that win means a lot more. What? The, the Giants are a good team. They went on they went on the road and beat them Monday Night Football. Okay. I mean, that's not a bad. That's a that's a quality win now. So they got their next two games after the bye at Green Bay and Minnesota. At Green Bay might not be that hard, but that's a lot harder because they've been they just got off this Detroit Chicago yeah. combo, which is pretty sweet. That's why they, it was <laughs> training wheels for Dak Prescott. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I don't. Know. I want to see that second Eagles game. I'm really excited for that. That's a real test. Yeah, that will be a good one when the Eagles play the Cowboys because Dak hopefully will be healthy for that game. That's we get a real a yeah. real sense of what they really are. That's yes, yeah, right. Right now, I I'm not sure how much worse the Cowboys actually are than the Eagles right now. So that'll be Christmas Eve. It's going to be second to last game. So this could be for the division. Very well could be. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. Then again, that being said, the NFC, I, I don't think Philadelphia, Dallas, New York, whoever, the Niners, it's going to be a mess in the playoffs, Meg. <laughs> it's not like your AFC yes. where everyone knows Buffalo and Kansas City. Every game is going to be completely unpredictable. We have no idea how these teams are going to be in the playoffs. That's the best part about it. Um, we have some Pete Carroll sound, too, just going off of the idea about the running backs that our caller had brought up and Pete Carroll on the doubters after a big win yesterday over those Giants. You know, all the people that doubt, like you, you're losing that, you know, you know, like we run the ball too much. You don't understand football and, you know, you don't, you know, you can't stay up with the, the, the new game and all that kind of stuff. That's a bunch of crap. I'm telling you, but look, we're doing fine. We're all right. So I don't mind proving it day in and day out. Pete Carroll's been waiting his whole life for that press conference. He's been waiting forever to be able to stand up and say that kind of thing. Oh my gosh, he's loving this too because everyone thought they were smarter than Pete Carroll this offseason. <laughs> or yeah. just because the offense doesn't look like super, it's, it's not that it looks antiquated, but you know, that's, it was never like really this modern, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, it, it never felt like it was so innovative. But meanwhile, it's been effective and it's also been interesting to see how the Seahawks are now handling this uh, unforeseen success where P. Carroll now gets to call out the doubters. You had Tyler Lockett yesterday after the game says it's amazing what we can do and nobody is worried about the credit. Seems like a little bit of a side swipe at Russell Wilson. Yeah, he addressed that. 
he said it did he didn't mean it that way. Okay. I honestly I I really don't who think Who does he think, he think who who was he talking about? He said about? that's something my basically so he dropped the ball in the end zone yeah. and he had the and everyone came up to him and comforted him. Very team first. He said, "That's an old high school. That's a Tom Brady Patriots high school coach kind of thing to say." And I was thinking about what Russell Wilson. T- Russell Wilson got Tyler Lockett paid in a big way. Tyler Lockett's numbers were actually much better with Russell Wilson. He blew up with Russell Wilson. There's no way that Tyler Lockett has an issue with Russell Wilson. I, I could not possibly. Well, that's that. why all these yeah. people coming out of the woodwork. It seems like to take a shot at what it seemed like Russell Wilson any chance they can. But the, the whole Legion of Boom, I was like, man, now Lockett may have, a, may have an issue with well, Russell that's Wilson? Why, there's no way. It's impossible. That's why Lockett went on Twitter and said, you guys are making a story out of nothing. This is something that I've said a million times before. Well, forgive us for not connecting some dots here. We got Richard Sherman on Thursday Night Football saying, run the damn ball, run the ball, run the ball. You got every everyone seems like it's now it's open season on Wilson. I can't, but Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett. I don't know. You never know where you're... Tyler Lockett just got paid $100 million. He's a third-round pick out of Kansas State because Russell Wilson threw him a beautiful deep ball. I couldn't imagine that. I think that's why he was pretty adamant last night saying this is not a real story. Well, Lockett looks like he's pretty good with Geno, too. Maybe he's just really good. But his his numbers are actually... I looked... He's maybe 20% down from every Russell Wilson year. Russell loves Hey, but it's only... It's been half a season. Let's see where he ends up. Right, right. But I don't think... He's definitely not better with Geno Smith. There's no way he's taking a swipe at, at Russ here. He he had two 10-touchdown seasons. He's got three so far this year. He's okay with uh, Geno. Geno's just like, I love this idea of Geno as an MVP candidate. He's not doing a ton, which is great, in, in a good way. He's, is he, he's throwing for about 200 yards a game. Yeah. This is classic Pete Carroll. He's so happy right now. I'm telling you, he's been waiting his whole life for this press conference. Yeah, he couldn't wait. It's a bunch of crap that That's you guys crap. think I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, he threw for the last 212 yards, 210 yards, 197 yards, 268. So he's in that range exactly where Pete Carroll wants him. Okay, but name another team, I guess maybe besides the New York Giants. And I don't I wasn't sure if the Giants were in a full full tank rebuild. Right. But Another team that is so wildly outperforming their expectations. Hmm. More than Seattle. I'd I say can. the Giants. I thought maybe the uh, Jets, but they got smoked yesterday. The Giants sort of. and the Jets are certainly in that conversation. Uh, Atlanta, a little bit. Atlanta. A little bit. I mean, Atlanta should have lost right yesterday. Now. Yeah, they should have lost yesterday. They should have lost twice, two different times. They should have lost yesterday, and they didn't. We'll get to that in just a moment because that was one of the real travesties from yesterday. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this CBS Sports Update from Rich Ackerman. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Clyde in Las Vegas. Favorite Halloween candy or what are you giving out tonight? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. but my favorite, two, two of my favorites to get because I never eat them any other time of the year. Three Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> I would true. never buy a Three Musketeers. Yeah. Like a, I, could, I could be a billionaire. It yeah. would not occur to me to buy a Three Musketeers. A Tuesday in May, you'd never walk up to the store and say, you know, I feel like a Three Musketeers. Never happens. No, but Halloween, can't get enough of yeah. them. And the other one, which I never buy ever, any time ever, is Butterfinger. <laughs> yeah. That's never buy one. a Butterfinger. I wouldn't buy a, And honestly, I don't even want to eat a whole Butterfinger. I just want the fun size. Yeah. What about you? 
I have convinced myself that Reese's peanut butter cups are healthy. Is there yes. peanut butter? I've so, got one right here. Yes. I already ate one today. <laughs> it's basically a protein snack. Yeah, uh, sure. I've done a, a lot of mental gymnastics to think that there's protein in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, peanut butter? It's like peanut butter. Uh, so Reese's is my number one. There are a few. I don't eat candy, but I do make some exceptions. I go for a lot of Kit Kats. Love a good Kit Kat. Uh, I and, will eat a Kit Kat, though, in the through the rest of the year, though. You will? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll I buy a Kit Kat and eat it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm trying it's to think what else. Girl my, I am. I'm I'm picturing my kids' Halloween bag, and when they go to bed, when I'm going to raid. Yeah, definitely kick it. Oh, and they have these white chocolate bars. That, like people in my neighborhood get really fancy. Yeah, you know, if you're putting out white chocolate, you mean business. How about the the one you least like? The easiest one to say no to, because for me, far and away, easy. The like gumdrops. Oh, chewy yeah. dots or whatever. In, they're pretty good, but they stick in your mouth forever. You know, there's so many better gummy candies than that. Like Swedish Fish is better than that. Give me Sour Patch Kids are better than that. Give me Skittles are better than that. Where do you stand on Tootsie Rolls? Love. I buy Tootsie Rolls all the time. Oh, I buy, my gosh. I buy them for the office. <laughs> what about you guys? Definitely for me, Twix is the favorite. Mm, oh, wait, wait, wait. Call. I forgot about Twix. Twix. Yeah. yeah. Good call, Stu. How about a frozen Twix if you're really going to get well, serious? Well, every candy frozen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. Sander. I've been really big into the Reese's peanut butter cups, but the dark chocolate version. I've heard about that. Oh, my God. It's so mm. good. So, like, for me, the, the Reese's peanut butter cup has become a little bit too sweet for me. So, you add this the dark chocolate How do you know you're it. getting old? Yes. 101. Mike Sampter. <laughs> yes. This, ah, this candy's getting too sweet. What do you think you're eating? Yeah. Well, yeah, but have you That's guys ever point. read that dark chocolate's good for you? I have read Much that. Better. Yeah. It seems like it's a load of BS. Yeah, I'm, do yeah, yeah. I'm doing it for health reasons. That's yeah, the clearly. Real thing. I all love these Reese's pieces you're doing for Everything dark There's, chocolate. All candy, dark chocolate. Yeah, this is, I love it when it's like dark chocolate, red wine, coffee, all good I, for you. I'm like, excellent. I, anybody, like three food groups. If you want to make my day, send me a story about how multiple cups of coffee is good for you. <laughs> it's going to make you sharper, make you live forever. Because that is obviously my drug of choice. Yeah, I love that one too. Um, okay, let's get to yesterday. One of the biggest blunders that we saw yesterday, and Proloff, it should not even been a blunder in my opinion. And I know maybe a lot of people weren't into the Carolina Panthers-Atlanta Falcons game, even though it was, it was a great game, actually, even though we weren't really expecting much from these two yeah. teams. It was exciting it was for game. First place. For first place in the NFC South. Let that sink in, Tom Brady. And... P.J. Walker just uncorks the most beautiful throw. You can see D.J. Moore doesn't even realize it's, like, coming to him. Then he looks up. He's like, oh, my God. And I have to, like, let me run faster. Beautiful catch in the end zone. I mean, it's like one you dream about, I'm sure, when you're a kid that you hope you can make during a game. So, of course, he's excited. So when he gets out of the back of the end zone, as he's walking out of the back of the end zone, he takes his helmet off, boom, flagged for excessive yeah. celebration. They assess 15 yards on the point after attempt. Eddie Pinheiro, psh, no shot with that one. 48 yards miss. 48 yards, he misses it. It it's goes into later. overtime where he missed a 32-yarder. Yeah. Just egregious, and Atlanta hangs on to win. But DJ Moore should not have gotten a foul, a, a personal excessive celebration call on that. Well, I, I don't even know why the rule exists. They didn't call it last week, apparently. Uh, I think it was at Carolina as well. Somebody took their helmet off after a sack. I think Brian Burns did. Anyway, wh why is that the, the Cardinals sin? Because it's considered taunting, I guess. Is it taunting or is it dangerous? What is it? It's taunting? I mean, dangerous. The play's over. You just scored <laughs> or did something cool. 
Do you remember last year there was a nighttime game or some? I don't even remember the team. I'm sorry. A guy had a sack and he turned. It did a karate kick. Did a karate yeah. kick and happened to be facing the opposing sideline. That was awesome. And but the karate kick was not the reason he ended up getting the excessive celebration, the taunting penalty. It's because then he took two steps right. towards the opposing sideline. I believe it was a Bears-Steelers game. Yes, so right that about sounds that? about right. Cassius, Cassius Moss. Yeah, Cassius Moss. Thank Cassius Moss. Right, was that two years now or was that last year? No, hey. it was last year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The dude did the karate, just a flying ninja kick. That's fine. But if you took two steps towards the opposing sideline, yeah. even though you're at basically at the right hash, all of a sudden, boom, flags everywhere. You're the worst person in the world. What did you think of the penalty on the Packers linebacker Quay Walker for shoving a guy on the Bills yeah, sideline? I, I mean, I think it. I think it was the right call because, first of all, that guy, the guy was trying to help did him nothing, up. Yeah. He was trying to help him up and trying to avoid. And I know you're not a, you're not big on suspending guys for shoves, but no, it was just so unnecessarily violent for a guy who wasn't even ready, wasn't expecting any kind of conflict. You know, it was kind of a cheap shot, I thought. It's an automatic, yeah. you know, out, but I didn't love it. I mean, you're over there on the sideline. It was a little shove. Like, you guys know me. I'm not, like, so precious about that stuff. No one took a swing. The guy wasn't hurt. He didn't fall over. He barely flinched. It's some practice squad tight end. And I know it's the team I root for, but I didn't think you should have kicked that guy out of the game. I mean, I get why you have the rule, but don't kick him out of the game. It's just a little push. Well, I mean, he's like, it happened there. If the rest of the team was there, I mean... It would have had to be an all-out brawl because you can't do that. No, you can't it do was, that. I don't. I I hate cheap shots. I hate when a guy's not expecting something to all of a sudden push him. Yeah, but this wasn't Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. I mean, it was well, like a two-hand shove on the sideline. Well, I didn't like the Mike Evans one either because Mike Evans goes after a guy when his back is turned. I mean, come on. Yeah, but this guy's back wasn't turned. He this was guy was trying, up. but he was He was trying to help him up. He was trying to be a good citizen. I know. And honestly, okay. Take your helmets off and fight. That's fine. But if you really, if you're so interested in causing this conflict, but to, to go after a guy who's not wearing a helmet on the sideline, no, how does he even know who that was? That could have been just some some timekeeper. It was not good. No, it wasn't. Oh, it, wait. It also, too, the whole team seems a little <laughs> loose to me. I, I feel like they're not disciplined. But the, the anyway. Packers, yeah, yeah, the, the Pack. penalties for sure have been a have been an issue. Um, I thought last night felt really personal. Now, it was personal oh, between Stephon Diggs and Jair Alexander starting from the tunnel. And as we know, if you were watching any college football this weekend, what was going on in the tunnels in the last two weekends yeah. really for college <laughs> is like not cool what's happening in college. We have Stephon Diggs talking about about him and Jair Alexander going after going. I used to play them in the past. So it wasn't like something I anticipated him, I don't know, doing the that he did. I didn't anticipate that. Well, I don't know who started. I finished it. You know I got the win. Yeah. I mean, can't argue with it. Uh, uh, poor Jair Alexander. Yeah, he's he's making twenty million a year. He's all right. I hate when guys talk trash and they lose it. Especially, I, I hate generally. I, another issue I have: cornerbacks who celebrate and get all excited when one on second down when they stop a pass, knowing full well they're about to get burned on third down. <laughs> by, you're facing Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen yeah. celebrating. On second and 10 when some guy, because you know you're about to get burned. It's an impossible job. You know, I don't fault them for celebrating. Of course, you're going to celebrate when you make a big play. Plus, you want everyone to know that you made the good play because, you know, you're football players. There's a lot of people. There's 22 guys out on the field. You want to make sure everyone knows it was you. But the the one that I find is like always like, this isn't going to age well, is the like defensive lineman or defensive end who stops someone on a, a third and one. Yeah, and then the team goes for it and gets it on fourth down. It's like, oh, well, all yeah. that celebrating on third and one, and they just went for well, it that, on fourth down and got it. You know, on Sunday it became so clear, and actually in last night's game too, 
everybody's going for every fourth down now. Now it's a fourth down league. So, you know, you're right. A third of one doesn't matter. I There's a job I think I can do in the NFL. What's up? Very successful. When there's a loose ball, a fumble, yeah, and it's a huge pileup, there's always some guy who doesn't know where the ball is. Who's oh, about starts Avery, pointing. Starts pointing in <laughs> yes. the direction. I could be that pointing in the direction guy. I, I always wonder, you know, he has no idea, but he's going to try and influence that official, and he starts pointing. I was thinking about, it. I'd be really good at that. You know, but you could do all sports. Like, you could yeah. be the basketball guy who's like the 15th oh, assist, yeah. assistant coach who it's off of somebody. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, point, point, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you got to do guy. all sports. I bet soccer probably has the same thing, right? Definitely. Ball goes out of bounds. I'm yeah. sure there's like 15 dudes on the bench. It happened last night when Stefan Diggs dropped the ball. But I think it was Diggs dropped the ball between his legs. And I don't even know what happened. It, they, he recovered the ball. There was a Packer that okay. must have been 19 yards away who was pointing <laughs> adamantly that we got the ball. I was thinking, how, how did he even see what's going on? He's on the same side of the field. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. He knew. Yeah. The other, Okay, another but third of one. Diggs kept it. Third and one, fourth and one. Is pushing the guy over the line a new? Is that a that's new trend? That's the new thing. That's it. That's everywhere, right? Pushing the guy from the back. Gabe Davis did it with uh, yeah, Josh Allen great. on the quarterback sneak. Yeah, yeah. No, that you. You're no, but you're not even trying if you're not pushing the yeah, guy yeah. from behind. Now it's fourth and one was easy enough with the quarterback sneak. Now it's you get the quarterback sneak and six guys pushing him from behind. Imagine if Tom Brady had all that all those years. I mean, he he converted every quarterback sneak imaginable. Yeah. If he had the push from behind, it would have been uh, automatic. I, although even I feel more like than it was. The Bucks would screw it up. They'd probably push the wrong guy or something. They're <laughs> so disorganized right now. It's like, that's not Tom Brady. Yeah. It's Chris Godwin. <laughs> yeah. well, how can you, why how can they, you get those guys mixed up? Why are they pushing the tight end? Tom's got the ball. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you to Mike Samter, Stu Kovacs. You guys did excellent today with your costumes. Everyone on the TV side, we love the graphics today. You were great. We'll see you tomorrow. Be safe tonight and eat a lot of Twix, Kit Kat, and Reese's Peanuts. They're healthy for you.